Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison. I'm a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me for yet another uh, edition of the podcast is a fellow contributor, Chris Wilson. Chris, how's it going, man? Didn't see that coming, did you? No. I take full, <laughs> absolute credit for this glorious victory over the Patriots. I love it. Who I don't really hate as much as I should, I think. I don't know why that is. It's a respect kind of thing. Yeah, but I think so. They are normally hated, but I don't necessarily hate them. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. There's obviously something wrong with me. But <laughs> this is exactly what happens when I write an article about Shanahan not understanding how to finish football games. So he goes out the next day and he coaches a full 60 minutes and he finishes the football game and he blows out the opponent. So Niner fans, you're welcome. Great job, Chris. Great job. I'll be here for any other victories we need. That's two weeks in a row that we have been we've been personally responsible for the victories. Yeah. In our heads. Yeah, exactly. I reverse jinxed it last last week and you got Shanahan fired up somehow the night before the game and he took care of it. I'm sure that he saw my post. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um so uh yeah, so the aforementioned victory, the obliteration of the New England Patriots in Foxborough. There we go. On Sunday, thirty three to six, man. In a game that, dare I say, was actually not even as close as 33-6. to six. That may be pushing it a little bit, but I like to think that there were more points on the board if the Niners had wanted them. Uh, but, you know, still hard to complain about 33-6 to six in a lot of ways. Yep. To me, they sort of picked up where they left off in the first half of the Rams game. Um, so they've now played 
three complete halves, almost two complete games uh, <laughs> in a row. Uh, <laughs> racked up 467 yards. Uh, the Patriots had 241. That's not good. Which I'm, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm shocked the number was that high. Uh, <laughs> I would like to see how many of it was garbage because Cam uh, had fewer than 100 passing yards in the game. So I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it was all second half yards. Yeah, it must. It must I, I think they're um, around. They average something like fifty yards per drive in the second half. Yeah, that's that's better, but still not. And the average like like none <laughs> in the first half for sure. Um, one hundred and ninety-seven of the 49ers, four hundred sixty-seven yards were on the ground. Um, so you know Shanahan doing what Shanahan wants to do under the best of circumstances. So there you go. Uh, Jeff Wilson, uh, stellar game in relief of Raheem Mostert. Um, and everybody was really excited. And of course, because it is the San Francisco 49ers in 2020, uh, Wilson went out of the game with yet another high ankle sprain. I've never seen this, this large amount of high ankle sprains in my entire life. He did it while scoring his third touchdown of the game and immediately went down in a heap and grabbed his lower, the lower part of his leg. Um, I know one of our fellow Niner Noise compatriots was concerned that it was his calf injury that he had been out last week, which I can sort of see that's sort of the same area where that high ankle supposedly is, is kind of in that space in between. Are you the, a doctor? We, we've learned a lot about high, <laughs> about high ankles at this point. Um, I am not a doctor, but I've seen graphics on TV. I feel like we are somehow credentialed in, <laughs> only in the ankle area, though. The, 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 the high ankles specifically. Um, for sure. Um, we laugh at those low ankle injuries. Like, please go rub some dirt on it. Get back yeah, in there. Regular ankle sprains. Pasha. Could we injure this many ankles if we tried? It's pretty hard to do that. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. It's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, so I'm not sure that the, the exact prognosis is known specifically, but they did put him on IR. So that tells you something. Um, so he'll be out for at least three weeks. Shane just said right before we were recording that he expected it to be around a month, but he'll definitely be back for the end of the season for our playoff run or to be arrested because we already have home foot advantage throughout. You know how it goes. The more I write poorly about Shanahan. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep knocking him in. Uh, the Niners did turn the ball over twice, um, although I, I, I only count one as a real turnover. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo had a sort of... A, a, his first incompletion of the game was uh, to the other team. Uh, which is quite an, an, an accomplishment. Um, we were talking <laughs> at the beginning of the, uh, before we started recording about uh, George Kittle's mic'd up. Um, and one of my favorite parts is on the interception <laughs> that, that Grappolo threw, and <laughs> Kittle turns around and goes, Oh, that's not good. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, All right, Captain Obvious. <laughs> Thanks, George, for uh, uh, pointing out what we already know. Uh, the second uh, interception was a, you know, end of the first half sort of. Five seconds left. Heave the ball down the down the field. That, um, you know, is kind of like eh. To me, that's more of a play calling problem than a passing problem. You know, Roma's in the booth talking about how many more plays they can get off before they kick a field goal, and Shinny's like, you know, what we'll do. Let's call four verts, <laughs> and like nobody even gets to the end zone. You know, <laughs> and they're just outside of field goal range, and they had timeouts. So I really think that it just caught Shanahan off guard right. that the Niners got the ball back because he had a nice long drive to what he thought was finish off the half and suddenly had the ball again and he was able to score and he loves nothing more than a Robbie Gold goal in the closing <laughs> seconds of the first half. But hey man, it would have worked. Yeah. Perfect timing. So speaking of that interception, 
Yes. Guess how many yards Mosley covered on that interception return? The one, and you're speaking of the one that led, that came just before Garoppolo's interception to end the half. Yeah, correct. I assume that everyone has already watched the game. <sighs> um, let's see. So, in all actuality, where he he was like from like the what the five or six yard line and got back to the forty five. So that's. I'll give you a clue. Is a fifty one yard return. Okay. Right. So I was gonna, I was going to be in the neighborhood. I was going to say forty five, fifty yards. Um, but I meant how many yards did he totally cover? I got yeah. what you're saying. Um, because he ran sideways and went in circles and did all the things you're not supposed to do. Right? <laughs> it looked like, looked like he was going to give himself up for half a second. Then he was like, hey, actually they're not coming to get me. So I'm just going to keep running. Um, is it 75 yards? It's 130. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. Thanks to our good friends at Zebra technologies who were jam packed full of great stats for this week. And I, Appreciate that makes my life really easy. <laughs> so that, that that 130 yards, listen to this, was the second most yards traveled by any ball carrier this season <laughs> in one play. <laughs> like how nuts is that? Wait, who was more? Oh, maybe like returning a kick or something like that. But even then, like a kickoff all the way down the field would only be like 114 yards, right? If you took it out of the back of the end zone or something. A kickoff and. It's 100 yards, and so then if you just go like you know a few yards to the side, you know you start on one side, you think on the other side. Oh, I guess so. that's true. Yeah, it's probably one wow. of those like Derrick Henry runs when you just like I'm gonna go 99 <laughs> yards, even though I weigh 350 pounds. Truck everybody, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like jogging, <laughs> <laughs> but yet like everyone is just falling away behind me. I still don't understand how he's so um, fast. Yeah, good good numbers. 130 yards, jeez. 130 yards. That's crazy. Um, that's <laughs> in, that's incredible. Um. So the Niners just missed out on their second non-punting game of the year, uh, but they they did have to bring out the the the, uh, the Australian. The, I don't know. Mitch Wisnowski. Came, I was really interested <laughs> to hear what you were going to say. <laughs> I didn't really know where I was going with that either. Uh, Wisnowski came out uh, with three minutes left to go in the game. Just missed it. Uh, they they they. We're doing great, and they've had to punt one time. Um, defense intercepted uh, the Patriots four times, three by Cam Newton, including the aforementioned uh, Mosley uh, interception. And then um, <laughs> Jabbar Taylor, of all people in the world, had two interceptions. Like our Pro Bowl slot cornerback. Uh, one, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, one of Cam Newton, and and the second one was actually a, a, a pretty good um, uh, play that he made on, on Jared Sidham. Uh, late in the game where he, he anticipated the route and, and jumped it and, and made a nice pick. But um, uh, yeah, four interceptions, uh, three by Newton. They also managed to keep uh, him from from doing any damage on the ground. Although the, he made every attempt. There was a, there was a, there was uh, some, some, some runs early in the game and I was like, oh man, here we go. Um, but uh, you know, they managed to contain him mostly because Newton runs significantly differently than any of the other quarterbacks that they have run up against in that he's, you know, he's massive. And so he's not afraid to run between the tackles, which actually works out in our favor. Cause that's where our oh, fat dudes are, <laughs> where the, where the heart of our, our defense is. And so it's like, yeah. go ahead, Cam, run into DJ Jones and see how that goes I, for you. I guess we're like um, one of the few teams that where our defensive ends are bigger than Cam Newton, which is not a good thing. <laughs> no, generally not. Um, so yeah, but um, outside of the uh, Jeff Wilson ankle injury, uh, Debo Samuel, unfortunately, has suffered a hamstring injury. Um, that injury was suffered uh, late in the game on a very strange play um, that I'm not really sure. That was 
interestingly enough, the only reason he was out there in the first place was because of the Wilson injury. So one one injury begets another one, um, which is kind of seems how this is going all year. But we, um, we do have other running backs, right? We don't need to put this wide receiver back there. It, running back apparently now. not. Um, yeah, I didn't understand it. That's one of the, I want to say dumb, but it's just like there's not a lot of thinking involved, you know? Yeah, it was a little head scratching for sure. It's just not sure. the best time to do that. <laughs> don't hand the ball off to your top wide receiver on a give up play. Just run the ball up the middle like you'd love to do right. with one of your running backs and get no yardage and then kick the field goal and call it a day. Which is what happened on the play anyway. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's no way that play was going to go for anything. It was a give-up play. I'm like, what are you doing? I don't know. He's trying to injure him? And we need him badly for these next two weeks. It turned out uh, he did. We can get him. Um, get injured. Um, I, it turned out better than I thought because initially I was thinking, oh, did he like tear something? Like He was looking at his knee initially, but... Um, so, you know, the hamstring all in all, not a terrible thing. It's, I mean, it's not, not good. Um, so he's definitely out for the Seattle game that's coming up and more than likely also Green Bay. The only reason that he's going to be out for Green Bay, as uh, Shanahan mentioned, is because of the short week situation. Um, I think uh, he, that he mentioned, that Shanahan mentioned that if, if it were a regular week, that there was a, there was a better chance that he would be able to, to play um, against the Packers. But because it's only really three days because um apparently tuesday with the election uh they uh, all nfl facilities are closed so it's really only monday wednesday that's it <laughs> and these have mondays off too so. right so um so there just won't be any time to get him get him ready to go so you know maybe we'll be surprised um we do have some good news on the entry front however say what shockingly enough i know right um so the niners opened the practice windows for three players who've been on ir for an extended period uh kawan williams was expected he'd he's been talking about this seattle game i think he lost his job though oh for sure yeah those uh taylor interceptions are really gonna maybe not no not at all um (laughs) kawan williams uh is back and uh i don't think he actually practiced today but he's uh uh, raring up to to go for uh for sunday uh tevin coleman also back which is you know good in that we're just out of backs yeah at least we won't be running ayuk on dumb plays at the end of games tevin coleman can do that yeah I, i guess so that so that means you know at least we can get coleman hasty and mckinnon out there as opposed to just hasty and mckinnon and we only have two running backs and then what are we going to do kind of thing yeah or one so we'll see what happens with that and then the biggest surprise is the jordan reed has been has had his practice window opened up it's been a it's been a month uh since his mcl sprain and that's usually uh, like six to eight week uh time period and he's out there you know running drills and all that kind of stuff i don't again i don't think he's like fully practicing i think part of the reason at least with with reed specifically that the practice window is opened up in his case is because of that short week you open up the practice window for him he may not play on sunday i imagine that Quan williams will i think tevin coleman has a pretty good chance to play on sunday but reed may be more of a thursday night uh for green bay type of situation and kind of you know run out there what you got with uh for seattle but who knows? Uh, he's certainly ahead of schedule at this particular point. Um, so we shall see with that. So um, otherwise, dominating win against a reeling Patriots team. Uh, so, Chris, any final thoughts before we get into one up and one down? The Niners only lost 1.5 starters. So we're making progress. It's positive. 1.5. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like Wilson's like half of a starter. Give it, yeah, give yeah, it yeah for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And D- yeah. Devo's obviously a starter. 
Actually, he might count for like 1.5 himself because he plays so many positions. This is true. He's such a key part of the offense, so we'll see how Chin he has in store. So The injury situation's never good, but I guess we are making progress. And <laughs> Let's it was definitely so. obvious to me that Shanahan wanted to prove something to Belichick, given the way that Belichick speaks so highly of him and given the way that the Super Bowl between the Falcons and the Patriots went. If it came to coach, came to play, and that might be a good transition into our one-up, one-down. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's do it. Let's go right into one-up, one-down. Chris, start with the up for you. Because I know you're excited about this. I am. I'm quite excited. You're thrilled. I've been waiting for this for a, a while. I know. Go. So, do it. My one-up is San Francisco 49ers. Head coach, Kyle Shanahan. Woo. Yes. So, did he forget he was allowed to throw on first down in the second half? Yes, he did. <laughs> but, <laughs> normally I wouldn't like that. But, 60% of the runs were successful. So, I'm not going to totally knock him on that. And we're making progress. Yeah, I mean, and the, because, the score certainly dictated a different yeah. game plan in the second half for sure as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there definitely should have been a different game plan. But, don't we just like every once in a while would be nice. So, um, I was uh, 10 for 10 on my... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my second half first time calls um but yeah i'm definitely not gonna knock him for his play calling because it was effective and if you're running for that kind of success rate then why not continue to do it just not necessarily at that rate so another thing he did correctly in my opinion <laughs> was he let grapple throw the ball a couple of times on second down when he wasn't in a position where he was forced to have Grappolo throw on second down, like on second and 13 or something like that, like, you know, second and mid. And that led to an overall success rate of 83% and 16 yards per passing attempt in the second half by Grappolo. So the play calling was you know, slanted in the run direction, as it should be in that type of situation. You're trying to run out of game with the lead and the team seemed to have given up, but it wasn't a total run fest where the other team could get back into the game and he didn't force grapple into only throwing when he has huge blitzes against him on third and 15 so all those things very positive so overall cheney had grapple run play action on 61.5 percent of his dropbacks again thank you to zebra technologies and your glorious next gen stats and that was the second highest play action rate of any quarterback in the last five years. I thought it was a little bit low to be that high. <laughs> but he completed 14 out of the 15 play action passes that he threw, which by my math, and I've used two calculators, <laughs> they both said ain't half bad. Ain't, they both, the, both of them said ain't half bad? Yeah, both went on my computer and my iPhone. Nice, good job. Usually calculators are better at this kind of thing than I am, so I'm just going to go with what they say. So Jimmy finished the day with a stat line of 20 for 25 for 277, but no scores because Jeff Wilson happened. Yep. Junior. Yeah. Uh, and he absolutely went off for his, was it buck 12 and three scores? Yep. And then after going down, Hasty looked nearly as good as Wilson did. Uh-huh. Definitely a positive in the running game. And I do think it had something to do with the Patriots. Not being good at stopping the run. Sort of. <laughs> I wouldn't say giving up. They didn't have quite the fire that Kittle had. Let's just say that. No one does, ever. Shanahan did take advantage of the Yak Bros, 
who came to play, as they always do, with IU Kaido's, I believe this is his first 100-yard game of his career, correct? I believe that's correct, yes. Yeah, he had a buck 15. And uh-huh. then Samuel, who was obviously a primary focus for Belichick, as well as Skittle, yep. he came at 65 yards through the air, and then a few more on the ground. Uh, literally a few more. He had seven. <laughs> Maybe not called it the best time, but whatever. And then Kittle on National Tight Ends Day, which he told everybody like 50 times. <laughs> which it's like, how has that become a thing? The like killer just says it's a thing. And it's, it's it a is. Thing, right? it's, it's real. He had uh, about 55 yards. So, yes. Yeah, we basically have three guys who catch the ball and yak it up. Hey, it works. Although Shaney had the benefit of success on the ground that he doesn't normally have because every team knows that he's running the ball. And then also success through the air because he didn't just throw in bad situations. <laughs> and he didn't stop coaching until the final whistle. So he not only gets my one up, but he gets my game ball. So proud of you, buddy. Great job, Shanny. Great job. Good Shanny. I heart you. Not evil Shanny. No, no, no. There was no evil Shanny. Nope. None. Cool. All right. Um, I'm going to go a, a slightly unconventional direction with my one up in order to sort of showcase the entirety of the uh, 49ers run game, which you uh, talked about and how successful it was. And I'm going to uh, point out the just impressive uh, play of Kyle Juszczyk. Um, I wrote about him uh, in a piece that I uh, did after the game and how important he was uh, to the success of the team on Sunday. Um, If you look at his numbers, of course, you know, He's not gaudy statistics, um, although he factored in in terms of touches and yardage and that sort of thing, uh, probably more than than he has uh, in terms of the amount of times that he actually touched the ball uh, more than he has in a while. Uh, yeah, five, usually the passes are way over his head. Right. <laughs> uh, five touches, I think four carries, one, one reception, 36 total yards, one touchdown. Um, but, uh, really the reason that I am, uh, highlighting him here is because of the run block blocking clinic, uh, that he put on in terms of setting the edge for the run game. Um, I, I think, uh, one of the things that's, that Tony Roma kept, kept talking about during the broadcast was that the Patriots were attempting to, to set up the, the wider, wider offensive or defensive line, defensive front, you know, by putting six guys across the front, um, in order to take away the edge of Shanahan's running game, because that's what he wants to do, right? He wants to get to the edge. Well, Shanahan said, well, forget that. I'm going to make the edge go even further. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) while there, you know, there isn't, there is, if you believe there is no sideline, there is no sideline. (laughs) I I guess so. Um, And one way that he uh, accomplished that was with use check and, you know, to a a certain extent as well, uh, George Kittle, who, who, who did that um, in, in a lot of circumstances as well. Um, just flat out, just setting the, getting out wider than the Patriots were and creating l- running lanes for, for Jeff Wilson, um, who, as you mentioned, uh, had 112 yards, but uh, should be noted um, on just 17 carries, um, three of which he scored on. Uh, that's 6.6 yards per carry for those of you doing math at home. Um, and as you mentioned, Jermichael, Wa- Jermichael Hasty, sorry, not Wasty, Jermichael Hasty, just as effective, <laughs> nine carries, 57 yards, which is also a uh, six, uh, 6.3 yards per carry. 
uh, in that particular case. Even uh, use checks carries were four for 18, which is four and a half yards per carry. All told, um, I'm going to remove Jarek McKinnon from this uh, statistic because he ran the ball three times for negative one yards. Uh, My fantasy team knows. <laughs> apparently on purpose. Uh, you didn't get the memo, apparently, that, that McKinnon was, was a sort of like uh, arrested, <laughs> being rested for the game. I tend not to believe coaches like yeah. prior to games when they tell the opposing coach what they're going to do. True, true, true. Well, no, he said that after the game. He said that it was it was a, a planned rest opportunity for McKinnon because of all the the load well, that he yeah. carried. Of course, but anyway, after the, I, I think he actually <laughs> might have said it like before the game, and I'm like, yeah, oh, right. did he? I yeah, didn't, right. I didn't hear. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he did it. I mean, McKinnon um, show. Whoops. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> uh, so if you take out his three carries, the uh, 49ers ran the ball 34 times for 198 yards, uh, which is 5.8 yards per carry and four touchdowns. Question for you: Did Garoppolo have anything to do with this running attack? He did one carry, four yards, and first down for a first down. Okay. How many tackles did he break? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have that that here in front of me, but many. Oh, two is, is it? Two is it two? Yeah, okay, good. Uh, <laughs> He's tossed like three hundred pound men to the side, like ragdolls. He did, he did, and and this time he didn't. He chose not to lead with his throwing shoulder, which is <laughs> no, no. I mean, he, he like. Uh, he basically like juked him out and just tossed him aside. He's like, I'm he's, not he's, running anybody over. Yeah, he, he's got the job. But anyway, um, so yeah, so Juszczyk really, um, you know, he allowed the running game uh, to be successful. Obviously, you know, the offensive line has, has shored itself up um, in the last couple of weeks. It's not been nearly the liability that, that it had been at times earlier in the season. Uh, so your APB that you put out for the offensive line coach, Seems to have worked, Chris. Great job. Um, <laughs> they found him wherever he was. He's been are, are we sure though? Did like someone actually see him on the sideline? Maybe. I mean, I can't confirm, but the play seems to suggest that they've you know that they found an offensive line coach. Maybe it's somebody else. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you uh, check really uh, an important part of this team and in, in making the, the the running game go. Um, even if he's not sort of the quote unquote offensive weapon that they try to sell him as. Um, there is enough evidence at this point during his time in San Francisco to suggest that when he is not out there, that the running game takes a severe hit. Um, and when he is out there, while it's not always as, as uh, lethal as it was on Sunday, it often has the more uh, better opportunity to be uh, like, like in those situations. But um, the, the sad part of course, is that use um, check is one, one of many uh, free, free agents that are coming out up this off season. Um, I am glad I'm not John Lynch, uh, this, <laughs> this coming off season with all the people that they're going to need to figure out how to keep around. But, um, I think, uh, use check is one of those guys they are going to want to figure out a way to do. So, yeah, I feel like they've reached the max on how much you can pay a fullback. So probably I can't imagine. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll want more, but I can't imagine anyone would pay him. Right. Even what we pay him. Yeah. We'll see. I believe that before the game that Kittle made him an honorary tight end. Just for the day. He did. He did. He did. Hashtag national tight end day. Great job. Yep. All right, Chris. Down for you, sir. So I struggled with this. As you would. Which is awesome. <laughs> it's a good place to be. Yeah, right. So my down, the players who weren't playing. Because <laughs> that's a really great way to lose your job. <laughs> Even though they say it's you supposedly cannot lose your job that way. But, but we all know that's, that's not true. Wrong. Yeah. In, until the guy <laughs> comes in where you plays better than you do. Correct. <laughs> You can tell it to a lot of quarterbacks. They've never played again. Alex Smith, paging Alex Smith. Oh, Alex. As far as the players who weren't playing, I think Jimmy Ward comes to mind, who's yep. not played very well this year. 
And Moore played quite well on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. He was flying all over the place. He's so fast. It's crazy. And I think it's the acceleration, too. He goes from like zero to 100, like immediately. As soon as he sees something, he's there. And yeah, Ward doesn't really do that. I mean, I like Ward. I've always liked Ward, except for this year. Sort of. I mean, there's some other years that he's not played so well. But yeah. this year is one year that it doesn't make a lot of sense. That's why he's playing so poorly. <laughs> I mean, Tart hasn't played really that well either. And Moore's sort of this weird hybrid combination of like free safety, but he hits like a strong safety. But he plays cornerback too. I just feel like he needs to be on the field <laughs> on defense and not just on special teams. But you can keep him on special teams because he's great at that too. Yeah, but I agree. he's an asset that needs to be playing because you'll only have him for a certain amount of time. And yeah, you might have to pay him a little bit extra at the end of the year. PPE. This is this is his third year, right? So one more. So you might have to pay him a little extra if he gets a little extra playing time, but. It's going to be worth it because he's like a playmaker out there. And of course, since you haven't been playing him, he's going to make mistakes from time to time, even though he didn't make too many this game. But he's just too good. He's too good of an athlete and he's just right. too good at nose for the ball to be on the bench. Agreed. Yeah. I assume it's more Ward than it is Tart, even though Moore can sort of play both. Yeah. But at least give us a big nickel or something. Just something. Well, and you know, uh, Tart is a free agent at the end of the year as well. So maybe Tarvarius Moore is the solution to multiple problems at the same time. I don't I don't know. Yeah. All problems, I think. Whether you played last week. One player who did play but didn't play a lot and I'm angry at because he ruined <laughs> one of my fantasy teams was McKinnon. And like I said, he did a fantastic job of getting me negative point one fantasy points on three carries. So thanks for that. Nice, nice. Not my fault for putting him in, right? Yep. <laughs> I think that his usage over the next two weeks with Debo out will tell us if he has a future on this team or not. If they continue to just not use him when they could use him in you know, not the Debo role where he's running people over and never going out of bounds, but as that piece who can catch the ball mostly on short patterns like Debo does, as well as run the ball, and he can run some of the fly stuff. And I assume that Ayuk's going to take most of that role, and I think that he would do well. But if McKinnon isn't in there, at least on a significant number of plays, and he's just riding the bench, and he's coming in on third down to block, which actually has somehow become a pretty good blocker, because I guess that's all he does. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he's never really been that great of a blocker, even though he's quite strong. But he's been blocking pretty well on third down, so I'll give him that. So if he's not playing very much in the next two weeks, and I don't think that they're going to keep him next year. What are your thoughts on that? I have one more player after that, but just interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I agree. I think he definitely has a skill set other other than, as you note, the sort of running people over thing, that it's it's more Debo Samuel than it is Raheem Mostert. Let's just say that. Like in terms of and we've we've said this a lot. Like he he doesn't seem to to fit the like traditional running back mode that this team is looking for. Um, but in terms of like getting him out on the edge and getting him moving and allowing him to like, I mean, because he's still you know pretty fast. You know, yeah. I think the the knee injuries have probably taken some of that away from him. But if I think if you give him the opportunity, to like, because one of the benefits of like a jet sweep is that you allow him to get like a full head of steam built up by the time the ball's in his hands, right? So it's not. Yeah, it's not the I'm moving, I'm starting, and I'm not moving at all, and then I have to kind of get going, which is what running out of the backfield 
asks of you. Um, and some of these, like the end around motions that he threw that Shanahan threw in last week, I think would be really interesting. Yeah. I mean, those are great, especially with Debo out there. The defense was crazy. I think Bourne ran a few of them and, um, you know, Jamichael Hasty had a couple a time. It had the, the one <laughs> catch <laughs> on the swing pass where he almost murdered Brandon. I at the end of it. <laughs> um, did anyone else like, Stop breathing for a half a second. <laughs> I turned around and looked at him like, what are you doing, dude? Um, <laughs> remember, yeah, remember which color your team <laughs> We're on the same team. Uh, but yeah, I think if if that is the plan for, for McKinnon, then I'm all for it. If the plan is to uh, run some sort of uh, situation with him, like he needs to fill in for Debo, not Mostert slash Wilson, is my opinion. Yeah, which is weird, but it's sort of true. Yeah, what he's good at, I think, is probably closer to Debo than it is to Mostert. He just plays too much of that Le'Veon Bell game of hiding behind a good offensive line until he sees a hole, and he's not going to find a hole doing that. I think we've talked about this many, many times in the past, that you need to run like there is a hole and believe in the hole, and it will appear. You know, And sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. And right. I don't want to knock McKinnon, because I, I like McKinnon a lot. But what I really want to see is McKinnon like in the screen game, you know, or like out in space, but not running up the middle on fourth and one because it's not going to work. Yeah, but for sure. It really would work better than Debo's run to the outside. Yep. <laughs> you know, that was one time we could have used McKinnon. Yeah, that was on third down too. What was he not doing in the game? Anyway, my third guy, which I don't know if this is piling on or not, but it could, it could be. I just think it needs to be said is wide receiver that we drafted named Dante Pettis. I've heard of him, yes. Okay, so let me get at this calculator. <laughs> um, this is going to be mean. I don't like where this yeah, it's a, well, It says he's done. So Oh, the calculator <laughs> says yeah. he's done? Yeah, he's just done. That's it? Yeah, that's it. So it yeah. wasn't ins- insulting. It was just oh, okay. Actual. I, I was wondering where you were going to go with that. <laughs> I wasn't sure where I was going with it either. <laughs> zero receptions for zero yards, which adds up to. <laughs> no, I mean my calculator's not mean. It just tells the truth. Yeah, I mean I didn't have to tell you put that in. Yeah, I just. Oh, you knew that off the top of your head? Did I you? just looked at it and said Dante Pettis, and <laughs> just said done. He's not only in the doghouse, which alone would mean he's not going to be on the team next year. Right. He's also bad when he's on the field when he's been given a chance. So. Just get rid of him. Just get rid of him. Like, what is he doing on the roster at this point? The only thing I can think is at this point, because the the conversation. I mean, Shanahan even like openly admitted that they were taking calls for him. Yeah, which is a fantastic strategy. Which is bizarre, like negotiation one hundred and one. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think every every general manager in the league was like was like, nope, nope, nope. Um, well, I think what he said was they had taken calls for him, which is a little different from please call us and trade for this player. I think the GMs can read right, the for lines sure. when he's not active. <laughs> I assume he wasn't active for this. When's the last time he's been active? Uh, I don't know. It's been a couple of weeks, I think. The question is like, what do you get for him? I mean, the the honest the honest truth is he's probably going to survive this year because I don't think anybody's going to give them anything at this point. Um, because I think anybody... Any GM that understands anything about anything, which is probably all of them, because they're you know NFL well, GMs for the most part. Other, other than well, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. We'll stop there. Ones. Anyway, um, that's like actually a great team to trade to. Send them to Washington. Oh, oh, I wasn't even thinking there. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking more New York. Oh, that would all. Yeah, <laughs> either way, I, I don't think anybody's going to trade anything for him at this point. 
as we are talking about this, the trade deadline is what five days away, something like that. It's on election day, is it not? I think I think that's correct. Horrible day for it to be. Yeah, it's not not great. Um, not complaining as, there. <laughs> aside from the fact that the, the 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 COVID rules mean that any trade could not be finalized for another week after that, I'm not really sure how that's going to work. I guess if it was in the works prior to the trade deadline. I mean, the player basically has to sit out, sit out a week before he can join his new team. I mean, he's been like quarantined for the last month anyway, right? So. <laughs> I guess so. Um, but yeah, I just don't think anybody's going to give them anything uh, at this juncture. So I think what we're looking at is a situation where um, he's going to get cut in the off season, And if that happens... According to, I'm looking at over the caps numbers right now, he would be, uh, he would have a $683,738 um, dead money hit, but a cap saving of $1.3 million. Um, they could cut him at this point, and that same $683,000 thing would uh, apply. So I, I suppose they could cut him, but the, I think the, the problem, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But you're going to have de- that, that, mo- that money is going to be dead twice. If you cut him. Um, so you'll have the dead money on the rest of this year, plus the, that 600. So it's, you know, whatever that is, $1.2 million, something like that. Um, you definitely want to trade him just for like a conditional third day pick. or something. Yeah. Like that. Um, and so I, I just don't think that a trade is going to happen. There's still going to be dead money, if you trade him, by the way. Um, so it doesn't really make a difference uh, at this juncture in terms of what happens other than having another draft pick would be great. I just don't think anybody's going to give you anything for him. And yeah, I was talking with some people on Twitter and I, I think my low ball offer was <laughs> yeah, I saw that. like a half eaten can of like the nastiest Doritos flavor I could find. What I like, I didn't even know existed. It was like blueberry. And, That's gross. And That's hazelnut disgusting. or something like that. I'm like, yeah. Oh, but yeah, but half eaten like in the middle <laughs> of COVID. Like that's what I'll Gross. take it. Gross. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> so the other thing that I was thinking is that, unfortunately, the injury situation uh, this season is such that can you really afford to be trading players? Like period at this juncture, um, I don't know. I just don't think he does anything. Like, I I understand that you might as well be playing ten on, on eleven. Right? No, I yeah I understand that. Um, Put Richie James out there. I mean, he'll at least like run. Well, who's also or maybe not run. But move in a general direction where you have to be covered. I agree, and 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 you know what? There, I'm sure there are other arguments to be made. Uh, I think oh, the other bit of, of of thing I read this week is that Jawan Jennings is on the uh, the, <laughs> the practice squad IR. So I didn't even know this thing existed until this year, and now with second time we've had somebody added to that. Because um, like if if Jennings were good to go, right? I'd be like, just elevate him. Let him throw him out there. He can't be any worse than Pettis, who doesn't offer much of anything at this particular point. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's a trade market for him at this point. Oh, well, it's not a market. It's just the scraps, I guess. You know, but I'll take scraps for sure. You know? And I'm sure he'll blow up wherever he goes because they'll implement some like no cat rule, and then <laughs> suddenly he's like the man. So anyway, those are my three downs, and it's just basically guys just aren't getting action. And when they're not getting action, and the rest of the team is playing great, then that's bad. Yeah, agreed. Cool. Um, my down is going to be admittedly a nitpicking situation because you know when you win a game like that, there you're you're 
you're going to have to do that in order to find something that's down. But I think it's a problem that has persisted over the last couple of weeks, really since week two. Um, and that's, it doesn't seem like the pass rush can get home. Um, and it's, it's concerning. Um, they're, they're actually doing a really good job of creating pressure, but creating pressure is one thing. Um, and you know, it's helpful because it can impact quarterbacks and da, 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 da. Um, and it's, you know, it's better than not creating pressure. Let's say that, but it would also be really nice if they could occasionally turn some of those pressures into loss of yardage, which, you know, puts teams behind the sticks and all those good things. Like bad throws or something. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Did they have like the worst type of pressure where, where they pressure a guy enough just to like run outside the pocket and then now run all of our guys and, and then, then throw they, a complete and pass. Then they, and then it has the opposite effect of what pressure should be in the first place. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, um, there was actually a, a tip ball on Sunday, which was what unusual. Um, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> Javon Kinlaw doing his thing. Um, but uh, so the numbers from <laughs> well, he also allowed one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> the, the numbers from Sunday, uh, PFF gave uh, the defense twelve total pressures, which again. Pretty decent number, right? Twelve pressures in a in a game, not bad. Um, you want it to be a little higher, but it's it's not a bad number. Um, but they only to turn two of those into sacks. Now, some of that you can put on the fact that Cam Newton, even if he's playing poorly, is still you know six five, two hundred fifty pounds, and he's just really difficult to bring down. Um, but I I think the problem is is that without Bosa and without Ford and without somebody who can really like get around the edge with speed. Um, they're just not able to finish those things. Um, and it, 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 to be to be honest, it's 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 not a new problem for this game, but it is something that is that in a situ in a game that was overall you know in most areas played really well, there was that sort of like why can't we get to the quarterback? Like we're almost there. We're we're forcing. We're hurrying the throws. We're making situation you know difficult for for the quarterback, but it's it's not quite there. Um, and it's, it's going to be something they're going to have to do because as you noted, they're either not getting home or they're lacking contain on the quarterback. And, uh, with the week that is coming up, uh, with the game that's coming up this, 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 uh, Sunday, that's going to be a a real problem. If they can't figure out a way to sort of contain the pocket a little bit, they're going to have trouble to say the least. Maybe we will, we will see some Taylor in there with, this blitzing skills because apparently he's good at that too. But yeah. I mean, we're going to have to bring more than four. We just can't do it. Correct. If in the very, very off chance that we're not Super Bowl champions, <laughs> the reason why we won't be is because we don't have a pass rush. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's Which the problem. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, last year we didn't have a pass rush because all of our guys were getting tackled. But this year we don't have because actually our guys are probably bigger than their linemen. <laughs> guys like Armstead need to step up on a regular basis and not just occasionally because this is true this was sort of a non-factor in the game where like we really need him to step up and get those pressures that he's gotten in years past that he never really closes on but maybe we get lucky and somebody else closes on and sex quarterback but yeah, he, he was sort of a, a non-factor in the game and he's been somewhat of a disappointment given how much money we gave him and what we gave up for him so right if you could just step up a little bit that would be really really great because we need him badly yeah, well, and and somebody was pointing out uh, during our our nine and always chat that um, it will be interesting to see what Jordan Willis, uh, who is officially now a San Francisco 49er, by the way, um, got through his COVID stuff and is on the team now. Um, 
that he will actually be the, the only player on the the active roster who is even in the neighborhood of athletically an edge rusher. Um, and as we noted last week is, is actually a, an, an excellent athlete. Um, and so the hope is that even though Willis has not put it together in terms of numbers as of yet, um, that he might be the, the kind of guy that, you know, if you add his ability, his, his athleticism with somebody like Carrie Hyder, who just has the motor, but maybe doesn't have the athletic ability to, to finish things all the time. Uh, yeah, I think he leads the team in sacks, doesn't he? <laughs> I think that's correct. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, he's been he's been great, and no, you know, no disrespect uh, to him, but absolutely. he just doesn't he doesn't have the the uh, <laughs> the physical tools to put it all together, if if you will. That's the best of what he has, which is for sure, which is enough to be like a starter on our team. So <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, well. Let's now. Unfortunately, we have to to move from from very good things to less than mm, wonderful conversation because like this this upcoming week is uh, it's it's Seahawk week. It's Seattle week, man. Um, it's uh, matchup number one between the Niners and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the once defeated Seattle Seahawks, uh, who lost to Arizona on Sunday night uh, this past week, uh, the 49ers will head to an empty CenturyLink. That's uh, uh, relatively new news. They announced that that it was in fact going to be empty for the the game on Sunday. Um, it's a Sunday after Sunday afternoon game on the East Coast, uh, so which means it will be you know one o'clock on the on the West Coast. But they'll they'll travel up to Seattle to take on the division leading Seahawks. Yeah, I wonder what the uh, how much crowd noise they're going to pump in that place. <laughs> and it, it would be, it would, sure it would be it will funny be if they uh, the exact know, amount that's oh yeah happened. oh yeah absolutely out there with your decibel reader yeah, right but, for sure. but it would be interesting to see seattle play in those types of conditions and see how they would handle it if it is doled out equally on offense and defense <laughs> probably not um i'd be surprised <laughs> yeah for sure so um chris uh regarding this game so again i just noted the seahawks lost the cardinals um and uh just continue to show that they just can't stop anyone from doing anything i think that's that's the uh the technical term mm-hmm. um so I could check my calculator, but I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the question regarding this game really comes down to if the Niners' defense is going to have enough to keep the game within striking distance and upset Seattle on the road. I think it all comes down to whether the Seahawks continue to be the luckiest team in like the history of football. Because <laughs> again, somehow, yet again, <laughs> they're five and one, first place, NFC West. Yep. Worst point differential every in year. The division. Like, what is going on? So the luck is real, and zebra technology is still me slow. <laughs> so <laughs> did they? they really? uh, yeah, yeah. yeah they, right, they tell me. They tell actually, us. I actually, I actually sort of did. So they calculate the completion probability for every pass attempt by every quarterback in the NFL because they work work sure. hard, and you know, it's based on a bunch of variables: distance, uh, proximity to the player, to the defender, number of defenders, that kind of thing. Well, last week Wilson had a. 47-yard touchdown, a 34-yard pass, and then another touchdown. All three of those plays were within the top 20 most improbable completions of the week. <laughs> and the 47-yarder to lock it for a touchdown was top 20 on the season. So, yes, Wilson is throwing the ball over the place, and he is looking good, but he is also getting very lucky. And 
it doesn't take very much for those extremely improbable throws to get picked off. Well, and he threw in three interceptions in uh, the game on Sunday as well. So Yeah, so it could have been a lot worse for him. So yes. do we have the defense to stop him? It really depends on what he does. I don't think we have the defensive line to stop him. So right. I mean, we just need to totally shut down the run and make them one-dimensional, which they probably wouldn't mind. But then we have have our corners play good ball. You know, I mean, they've played great recently. And I mean, we're, we're going to have to bring our A game, especially with that Debo, unfortunately. Yeah. And then with a smattering of running backs and semi-running Great. backs and who knows what else and a bunch of guys who are on the practice squad big in the year. And hopefully some guys are coming off of entry. So it's going to be a challenge, but whenever we play Seahawks, this challenge doesn't really matter if we have better players than them or worse players than them. And it's always difficult and it's always one of two games that I always want to win, even if it doesn't matter at the end of the year. I always, always want to beat them. And For sure. They have to be a little upset about the way we took it to them the second time last year. So <laughs> it'll definitely be an interesting one. I mean, I think they, they have enough to do it. For sure. Whether they're going to do it, I guess that's why they play the game. That is exactly correct. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I agree. There is a, um, there's always a sense of like wanting to beat this other team pretty as badly as possible. And they're, it, it's strange because the Seahawks played them about as tight as they possibly could last year. Obviously they won the first game in, at, in, uh, Levi's in overtime on a nice eh, kick. Yeah, thanks, uh, rookie kicker. Um, <laughs> see the injuries, always the injuries into the upper deck and like ten yard line. <laughs> and then, um, and then just and then the you know the, of course the the great Dre Greenlaw stop at the end of uh at the end of the last week of of the regular season last year. So. I mean, I don't think anybody would make an argument that the the Seahawks team of 2019 was more talented than the 49ers team of 2019, but still played them just as as good as well as as anyone. But um, so for me, and Chris, bust out your calculator for this one because we're gonna have to figure this one out. Okay. So the, the the math I think works out like this. So here we go. So I think you would probably say that currently this the Seahawks offense is better than the 49ers. Um, but I think it's closer than most people would think, um, especially in the direction that the Niners seem to be, seem to be trending of late. Obviously, you got to factor in the fact that we're missing, you know, three of our biggest offensive stars from the last two weeks. But you know, there you go. Um, I think you could also make the case that the 49ers' defense is better than Seattle's by a pretty wide margin. So, if I'm understanding the math, then and again, plug plug the numbers in, see how this works. The defense needs to do just enough to allow the offense to score just a few more points than Seattle. Does that does that seem like that that keeps up? Yeah, I don't think I even need the calculator for this one because you're absolutely <laughs> correct except for the lock. Yeah, except for the lock. Darn yeah, stupid and I, don't, lock. I don't know if the, the calculator understands the lock. <laughs> you can't factor, you can't plug that in. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. not a I, coefficient I for lock. Button the for lock. That. that one. Right there. Apparently, my favorite entity in the world is Secret Technologies, but they gave me another great stat today <laughs> that. Seattle has found the magic elixir of effective offense, throwing the ball on first down. Are they bubbles? No, no it's just nothing to do. Oh, no, not, not actual bubble. No. Oh, okay. They just didn't say sure. so. I can ask them, but they didn't mention it in their <laughs> correspondence okay. to me. But cool. throwing on first down is where it's at, like I keep saying, for years and right. years and years. And like Shanahan showed us when he had what, the second best offense, if not the best offense in the history of the NFL. And he threw it on first down like it was his job. 
So, so far this year, Wilson has completed over 75% of his passes when he's thrown on first down for 866 yards and eight touchdowns. That's good. It's weird how that works. Yeah. Well, and I also, I also saw something. I don't, I don't know what the exact numbers were that he, like, if you get him to third down, he's like atrocious this year. Well, because they don't have offensive linemen. So, <laughs> and most teams have like edge rushers. <laughs> so that, that's usually a bad most combination the, for the offense. Generally. So considering that we don't, that'll be interesting. But he's definitely excelled a lot more on early downs than late downs, as every quarterback does. But this has been rather astounding. <laughs> the, you put him in bad situations, obviously that's where you want him yeah. to be. But then again, he has converted far too many third and forevers <laughs> over the course of my lifetime. Doesn't matter the down. Like who knows how lucky you can get on to yeah. play. So we should score more points than them, and our defense should play a little better. And if we could just honestly, if we could just get pressure on him and keep him in the pocket, and I think it's going to take rushing more than four. Yep. And I assume that Salah knows that. I hope he seems to. I pray that he knows that. He has been blessing more since. Yes. He's realized that he doesn't have any pass <laughs> pressures. Oh, you're not Nick Bosa? Well, that's bad. <laughs> uh, it, w- it would be nice to have one of those many pass rushers. That we one of those guys had. would be good. Yeah, either one. Yeah, at this point. I'm going to see if there's an update to the calculator maybe for next pod, but I'm going to have to call this one on my own that, yes, you are correct. Okay, cool. Great. All right, so let's move into the uh, prediction for this game. So um, I'm going to start by saying that I don't really know what to make of this 49ers team. Um, I can definitely say that they shouldn't have lost three games um, for sure. Uh, So I think you maybe can excuse the week one loss by saying, well, maybe the Cardinals are actually, you know, a pretty decent team. And, uh, you know, if week one in a bizarre season, blah, 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 blah. But um, I don't, it was like an exhibition game. Yeah, I don't think there's any way that a fully healthy 49ers team loses to the Eagles or the Dolphins. I think that is those were aberrations in both cases um, where they didn't accomplish things. And they, you know, particularly the Dolphins game, they were able to pick on one especially bad weakness. Um, the Eagles game, who knows what was going on there. So um, here's here's a fun statistic, uh, Chris. Um, <laughs> the Niners are technically... I don't believe it unless it comes from my, my buddies over there at Zero Technology. Uh, I, well, I apologize. <laughs> this comes from Football Outsiders' DVOA numbers. So, uh, Oh, I like them too. The Niners are in last place in the division, right? Four and three. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, also have a better record than the leaders of the NFC East. Just saying. In your face. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, that's you beat the us. <laughs> so there we go. Right. Um, so the Ford Niners are in last place by record, but by DVOA, they are actually the second best team in the division. Just a hair behind the Rams. Um, they were going to be high, the the actually the best team by DVOA before uh, the Rams uh, sort of mini beat down of the Bears on Monday night. Um, so the Rams currently sit at 20.5% DVOA for total. Uh, they're in seventh, uh, in the NFL, the Niners at 19.7% DVOA. They're in eighth. And this is for everything all combined DVOA offense, defense, special teams. Um, Seattle is 17.4. They're in ninth place. Um, and that's pretty amazing considering their defensive DVOA is a positive number. (laughs) 8.9%. 
Uh, so go figure. I don't know. Um, I passed it for a bajillion yards. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. I think that, yeah, that's the exact number. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that I don't think that either team is going to have, either defense is going to be really successful at stopping the other team's offense. Um, traditionally, these have not been particularly high-scoring games, but I could see a situation where this one doesn't happen. Now we've had high scoring matchups where like one team is significantly put up a lot of points and the other team is not. I, I don't think it's going to be a situation like that. I don't think uh, Seattle definitely doesn't have the defense to, to put the stops on, on anybody apparently. Um, and you know, the Niners have some have holes in places which are problematic uh, when you're playing the Seahawks, particularly along the defensive line and on the edge. Um, this was, of course, this, of course, as we were saying, would be a tough game, even if the 49ers were at full strength. Um, but I, I think if, if nothing else, we have learned these last two weeks with the win over the Rams and the win over the, win over the Patriots that this team is not going to sort of pack it in. Um, they're going to fight until the end and that there is, you know, there's talent beyond the first level on this team, maybe not at the fifth level. Um, <laughs> of, of your cornerback depth, but yeah, except the running back. Yeah. We're good yeah. there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's true in a lot of places. I think if, if you're looking in a lot of areas where we're on the second or third guy, they're, you know, maybe not up to the level that the first guy would be. I mean, I don't think Kerry Hyder is any even in the conversation with Nick Bosa, but he's doing a job and he's not, you know, he's he's not letting the fact that he's not Nick Bosa sort of get to him. So um there are a lot of situations where this team there 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 would be every reason for this team to go, you know what? We lost. We've lost all of our best players. We keep losing players. The injuries won't stop. You know what? Whatever. This season's over. But they don't seem to to want to do that. And so I don't anticipate that happening at any point throughout the season. Um, and so because I'm feeling very confident because of the last two weeks, I'm going to go for it. Whoa. And so I'm gonna I'm going to call Niners 34, Seattle 31. I think Garoppolo gets the ball at the end of the game. Um, maybe it's tied. Maybe we're down. I don't know. But uh, drives him down the field and uh, wins the game. So there we go. Three in a row, babe. Chris, what do you think? I'd be happy with that. (laughs) (laughs) Anywhere near that. (laughs) For sure. Line is Seattle by three. And the over-under is 54. So we keep getting these like really high over-unders, but then maybe tighter lines than you would expect. And I think what the third week in a row that we've had that. So I feel like I sort of need to keep doing the same thing. Yeah. As long as I get like these field goal lines and high over unders against teams with better records, then I like to go for the dog and, and though we don't have Debo out there. Yeah. At least kiddo calls everybody a dog. Yep. Exactly. But that's 28 and a half to 25 and a half. My favorite score. Unlikely. Yeah. My guess is this game will probably end up at kickoff at three and a half. I assume it's going to be over eight field goal. Just when the average better looks at the records of these two teams alone. And actually not even the records, but just first place versus fourth place alone is going to put you know, bring money to Seattle side. Right. So I am going to go with a nail biter. Ooh. 40 downers, 31. Seattle, 30. Ooh. So I believe that would be the maximum number of touchdowns we could score with Robbie Gold only kicking one field goal would be four. Is it is it the game winner? Is he is he gonna kick? That, that or not. I mean I only know the score. 
I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't. You're not prognosticating. Uh, to already, the... I think the calculator is out of battery, so okay. I, I can't ask what's going to happen. It's useless. Yeah, I know. We're going to talk later. So I think four touchdowns is about the maximum that we can do without probably old kicking more than one field goal. So for sure, that's thirty-one, sure. right? And then yeah. we'll have Seattle. We'll get into scoring position one time more than than we will, but they will settle for goals instead of touchdowns. So they'll score three touchdowns and three field goals. And I believe that's 30. My math is correct. Uh, 21 plus nine. Yes. There we go. Good job. So 31 to 30. Great job. And I, I mean, if I had a calculator that was working, I would ask for a percentage of a heart attack, but maybe I shouldn't. It's so. <laughs> uh, a ninety, a 99% <laughs> chance for sure. Yeah, I will be standing the entire time. That, that, that's for sure. That's guaranteed. So. Well, yeah. Come on, be beat exciting. the Seahawks, man. Beat um, Come on, let's do it. Let's be, let's be done. We're bringing back the whites, yeah, man. Maybe. Undefeated in the whites so far. I, I am of the opinion, and I have tweeted this out. Uh, Jed just needs to dip into the pockets and just be like, NFL, what's it going to cost for us to wear these every week for the rest of the year? What do, what do we have to do? The white throwbacks. That's all we want for the rest of the year. I'm with you on that. Maybe if like Santa Clara would let I, us have fans in the same so you get more money, you can use some of that money towards it. Just saying. Maybe. I believe that's what uh I believe that's what DeBartolo did in ninety four. Am I not am I am I not am I correct in that? I am not sure, but if he did, then I would recommend that Jed do everything that he ever did. At all times. <laughs> yep. Do exact well, except for the except for the embezzlement part. Don't do that part. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, guilty of that? Take I think plea? so. Yeah, I think so. Alfred plea, maybe? I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, I can't remember. this is not a legal podcast. On we go. All right. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for listening uh, to this episode. <laughs> this thing can be many things, but uh, that's not, not one thing it's going to be. <laughs> not for sure. Uh, so thanks for listening uh, to this episode of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. As always, uh, check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.